You're now listening to Project Kayfabe. Big meaty man slapping me. (laughs) The most unprofessional professional wrestling and pop culture podcast. Let's rock. Where you listen to our shitty little opinions and you kind of enjoy them. That's Cap. Totally Cap. That means lie. This ain't your mommy's podcast. Presented by the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. And here are your hosts, Joe and Quade. Yo, what is going on, everyone? Welcome back to Project Kayfabe, your wrestling and pop culture podcast. As always, I'm your boy, I'm your host, Joe. And it's been a while. We finally got him back. It's been a minute. He's been busy with his own life, doing his own things, growing up, you know. But we got Quade on for this wrestling episode. Yo, Quade, what's good? What's up, y'all? It's been a long time, man. Happy to be back. Happy to be back talking about some wrestling. You know, it's been... uh a long time. I've changed a lot since I feel like the last time I was on here. So, yeah, <laughs> kind of like excited to talk about it. I'm trying to think. When was the last time we did an episode together? Let's see. Because I feel like I've just like I stopped doing episodes for a bit. Then I did like some episodes on my own when I like I did the Ric Flair one just because I was like surprised that man lived through that match. <laughs> and then I did one on CM Punk. Okay, let's see. The last one we did together. Uh, did it? Was it this one? Did I do that on my own? Did I do Forbidden Door on my own? I think. Uh, Or were you on that? I think you did because that's when I strained my ankle. But I'm not. I don't remember if I recorded. If I if I helped you record, I'm not even sure. I know it's hurt. (laughs) Oh, we did Forbidden Door preview. I think together. Okay. Yeah, and then I did Forbidden Door, Blood and Guts, and Money in the Bank, I think on my own. But that was in June, and now we're in fucking September, almost October. So it's been a hot minute, and there has been a lot of fucking things in professional wrestling that we got to talk about. Uh, But before we talk about that, as always, you can check us out uh, wherever you get your podcast at. So Project Kayfabe, we do have a wrestling episode that we try and do, so we switch it around. Sometimes we do a wrestling episode one week, then we do a pop culture but now we're switching it around all together. So we actually are now a part of the WrestleBuzz podcast network. So WrestleBuzz, friends of the show, they are they you know they have the Wrestling Journal podcast, which is a really great podcast I've been listening to lately from friends uh, that I've actually just recently hung out with, and uh, I probably I pl- probably plugged this before. So um, another friend to the show, Gurge. He is the podcast. Uh, he does a podcast for From the Top Rope Wrestling Podcast. They invited us to do an episode. I think it was earlier in the year, late last year, basically one of those time frames where we're talking about all the live events we've done, uh, we've gone to over the last year, so 2021. And you know, from there, we kept in contact, shared like we you're on Discord. We have a lot of like you know we like we chit chat about wrestling still, and uh, we decided we're going to combine our forces together and we are now forming the wrestling podcast network wrestle buzz and uh so from now on for wrestling episodes uh you're gonna actually be able to hear us on that side of things so that'll be linked into uh 
you know, the description of this podcast episode. So for right now, for wrestling episodes, you're going to want to go over to the WrestleBuzz Network. I'll, you could find it wherever you get all your podcasts from. Uh, and then on our side of the thing, so on our feed, we're still going to find ways to do other wrestling-related content on this side of the podcast. Pop culture stuff will also still be on here. So we're just changing things up to then not only create more content, but then just find ways to expand. So uh, the way the schedule will be working out, too, so the three podcasts in general, and well, together. So you got on Sundays, you got uh, the Wrestling Journal with Joe and his guys. And then we have on Wednesdays, you'll see Project Kayfabe. Well, you'll hear Project Kayfabe on Wednesdays. And then on Fridays, you got Gurge with From the Top Rope Podcast. So there's, you know, for for the Wrestling Journal, they got three, four guys, I'm pretty sure. Then it's like me right here with Project Kayfabe with Quad A and Finn on any given week or sometimes my own. And then Gurge does his on his own. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be interesting. A whole big conglomerate just to then find ways. You know, we all have different opinions. We all have different, you know, things that we we talk about and how we look at wrestling. So it'll be very interesting to see how it goes, and uh, I'm very excited for this opportunity. So like I said, WrestleBuzz Network, you'll see all of it in the description. Uh, Quade, you're excited for this? I'd imagine. <laughs> I feel like I told you a little bit about it, or I thought I did. I know I told Finn, and now I've told you, and you know now we're going to be getting into this, and hopefully this will be more ways to just make more content, find ways to lift us up more off the ground, and hopefully, you know, big things to come for Project Kayfabe and, the, and WrestleBuzz in general. Yeah, I'm excited, but I think it's always I think it's a good opportunity to you know bring fans of like both the different podcasters are everything, bring them together, you know, have more people listen to everyone and just have more opinions, you know, around around the network. Like say, like, you know, I like weird things. And I wanna be able to see like who else like weird things in the net and in the in the um the podcast network. So that should be exciting too. Maybe some collab episodes, stuff like that. So yeah, definitely yeah. exciting stuff. Yeah, it should be. And, you know, I, I, I also enjoy because it's a group of guys that are just, you know, they're similar to us in the sense of that, you know, whether they're marking out or not, they're not the fucking weirdos that you find on the Internet that find any way to just be a fucking like bitch <laughs> or like, you know, being cringy. Like I just saw, you know, obviously MJF is no slouch and he will combat anyone on Twitter. But someone was like tweeting him like, oh, I can't believe like, you know, uh, you know, that. AW is promoting all this stuff that's satanic with calling MJF the devil, blah, blah, blah. And he, like, just kept roasting them. Like, just that cringy <laughs> shit. And I'm very happy, like, we're not a part of that with the people we're, you know, partnering up with. So very cool to see. Um, they do have their own Discord as well, so you could also be a part of it. Um, that Discord is the WrestleBuzz Discord. We have our own Discord as well. Uh, that's Project Kayfabe. So that, you know, we have wrestling on there of all types. But then, of course, you know, I'm touching on other topics as well. Like, we're trying to talk more about, you know, the movies, shows. I've been recently getting into anime. So I've been thinking about possibly getting into, like, anime manga content. And maybe, like, you might be interested, Quade, because I know you're, you're big into anime at least. Uh, I don't know how much manga, but yeah, like it would be interesting. Like I was thinking of creating like a, a a show where it's like, like the like the weeb corner, like novice weeb corner, because I don't know half the shit I'm talking about, but I'm interested in it. So maybe that could be something. You know, we got more stuff come out, but we there's Discord to, for people to check out. You can always find us on social media at Project underscore Kayfabe. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and on TikTok. We got a whole bunch of stuff going on there. We got some YouTube content in the future. I think within the next couple of weeks, I'll get back on Twitch. So that's twitch.tv uh, slash Joe Bro underscore 316. 
Quetta, you got anything you want to plug? <laughs> Me, man, I, I don't. I don't even have content these days. But you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll plug. Uh, I'll plug my YouTube. No, it's quite enough. You, you can like honestly, like I am going to post again. Right now, I'm just in the process of like, moving. So like, once I do move, officially move and get things settled, I'm going to have like a whole desk tour and stuff like that. And, like taking out the house so look forward to that in like two months okay <laughs> I, are you are honest. you ever gonna bring back that podcast of yours i know you you've my had podcast, like the melanated yeah. tech podcast and you had your newsletter you're working on i remember you had mm-hmm. it wasn't on tech but you also had another podcast that was about you know just basically being black in the media and all that sh- and all that stuff i was gonna say yeah. shit like it was a bad thing but you know and all that <laughs> stuff <laughs> Yeah, my tech, the tech podcast should be coming back. When the tech podcast, I've been in talks of bringing it back soon. We just just need to find the time to do it. So I've been I've been working. I started a new job, so you know, I haven't had time to record in the morning like I usually do for that podcast. But now I could since I'm gonna be home again. So maybe the next two or three weeks that should be back too. Yeah. All right. Cool. So you know, that's all of our plug in plugs in the beginning. Uh, I'm thinking of one thing that I'll do in the future, and this will once I make the time to record them. We're not, we don't have any sponsors right now. We used to do the basic anchor sp- uh, Spotify like uh, ad, but uh, I'm thinking of doing non-paying ads where I'm just going to plug things that I really enjoy, like plug the other podcasts we're a part of, plug some things I like. So you might hear random little ad breaks in the future, and they're not paid ads. They're just me promoting things that I think that need to be promoted. Uh, so that'll be in the future. But uh, anywho, long intro. But on today's episode, we're going to be talking about, obviously, wrestling. We're going to be talking about uh, CM Punk a little bit because I did want to hear Quade's opinions now that, you know, I'm not talking to myself. Uh, we're going to talk about, like, the White Rabbit stuff that's going on in WWE. We're going to talk about AW Grand Slam. I just went last week. Quade did not go, even though you're supposed to. Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. Okay, so in the last episode of the podcast that we that I did, I it was episode thirty one, and I talked about basically all the bullshit with CM Punk and the media scrum, all the stuff that happened with the elite, the stuff that happened at the media scrum, and his shit with AEW that he's dealing with. And I wanted to talk about this. This was something I was going to maybe do because I was eventually like this episode was supposed to come out last Friday or Monday, but I decided to wait. And then once I had the opportunity to know you were free, I'm like, all right, let's try and get Quade on the pod just so we could get back into it. So I'm not doing the pod on my own. So I've already said my opinions on all the CM Punk stuff. I that's an entire episode about it. Just recently, uh, I saw all over the place on Twitter and everything. So CM Punk apparently, uh, their sources, but apparently. It doesn't look like he'll come back to AEW post-injury. It also looks like he'll they'll probably buy out his contract. And I just think it's fucking ridiculous, man. But, Quade, what do you think about all this from all the shit from the scrum to now? And now that he probably might not come, be coming back. He might just be done. Yeah, I start from the beginning. I start from the night I was watching the scrum. I was just laying in bed, you know, about to go to sleep. Hey, long all that was a long show. Hey, they need to stop doing these long shows. But um in Bell watching the scrum, I see CM Punk make these comments. I'm like, oh, he's calling out hangman, he's calling out the young bucks. What's going on here? I'm just I'm just confused. Like the man just seemed like an angry bitter man for someone who just came off of like a pretty big win, you know, again, John Moxie and getting the tile back, came off injury, sad injury and stuff again during the match, but you know, whatever. Um so like, all right, and then I see that the next day they had to find stuff. And my first thought was the Bucks are 
you know, why would they bother? Why would they go bother a man who's also really angry? Like, why would he do this? To me, the Bucks seem like, from the initial report, the Bucks seem like was in like the wrong and the bad spots. There. They're kind of stupid for that. They should never attack them. The guys were clearly not in the mood. <laughs> so, like, don't aggravate a bear, you know, to say, like, don't aggravate an angry bear. Leave them alone. Then what's more supposed to start coming? Now I'm like, all right, maybe punk is the issue here because, like, if, like, my overall opinion is if someone is starting locker room drama and you don't need you don't need that drama in the locker room but that's also stuff that's like inevitable you can't escape locker room drama and wrestling like, that's not going to happen people have different opinions people had different experiences and whatnot um but like when it comes to punk he's such a big name he's just a star he brought them a lot of fame over the past year a lot of money you know like rampage was only good when punk debuted and then after that never was good again you know those are he's the person who has made the aw like a prominent name um the past year um but at the same time this conflict to come out and like He's kind of if he's being like a toxic a toxic person in the locker room causing these issues with some of your your tan that you're homegrown like well hangman not really a homegrown tan but you made him into a store that he is today um and along with like other people in the locker room that you have and he's over here calling them out MGF calling MGF like a little kid and working on working his kids but MGF right now is carrying the company along with like Brian and all these other people but um. I don't think you need CM Punk anymore. I think you got what you kicked out of him in the one year you had him. And if he's going to continue causing issues, if he wants to leave or they want to get rid of him or they want to fire him, I said let it just, let it just happen because at this point to me, AW is in a pretty decent spot in terms of the who they have. And if Punk is not going to add much more to that, then there's no reason to keep a guy in the locker room that's going to continue to cause issues with people like Hangman, who seemed like a pretty nice guy on the outside so i don't know yeah i mean if you got problems with hangman you seem to be the only one who have problems with hangman that's like telling you know yeah and i don't think they need him either because they were doing well without him and they're doing like before he came and they're doing well without him now but i do think like i've mentioned there's a lot of money they're losing just because mm-hmm. there's so much money on the table having cm punk back in wrestling and just being a fan of the man and, like, being a part of it for the last seven years of, like, yeah, one day. One day this man may come back or may he will never. And it's just a shame that, like, that finally it happened. It was such a great time for the last year. And then he just became bitter and shit. Like, I think, you know, CM Punk, while he has probably his reasons, he should probably just fucking suck it up and find a way, to, you know. Because that was, at the end of the day, what he did was unprofessional as fuck. It was bad. Tony Khan looked like a big fucking man baby by not, you know, putting his foot down. I think I said this in my episode that I did on my own. I'm like, yo, like, I'm not trying to suck any dick, but it's not like there's anything wrong with that. But uh, not trying to blow anyone, but uh, Vince McMahon would have never let that shit fly if he was, like, doing media scrums. He would have murdered Punk on the air. But, like, um, it's just, like, crap. And then the Bucks, like, whether they were going up there angry or they just want to be like, hey, cut the shit, we aren't talking crap. Like, either which way, just nothing's good out of this. And, you know, it'll be a shame if he never comes back here because, you know, some people think, oh, maybe Hunter will sign him. But I, who knows? I don't think, <laughs> I don't think with, their, <laughs> with their heat that they have from what was been said and all that, I don't think they would. But then again... This is like years later, so maybe Hunter would be like, you know, hey, gotta get some, gotta gotta get, gotta get more money out of this. 
WWE's doing pretty well right now with how their momentum. So getting Punk back, I mean, the things you could do with Punk being back there. But it also is interesting to see, like, is it worth having CM Punk wrestle if he's always injured now? <laughs> like, you know, those last matches he's had in this last year, uh, besides maybe the match against Kingston and the match against MJF, I really can't think of, like, good matches because they were, I mean, the the Hangman one was kind of good too, but, like, he was just in pain and doing, like, you know, you could tell the seven years were catching up to him. So is it worth it at the end of the day? But just the amount of money anyone can get from having Punk with how much wrestling fans love and hate this man would do would do any company justice. Now it's just, like, I just hope that whatever happened can still be amend because this would be big for AEW. If they lose him, it won't hurt him. But I still think in the long, grand scheme of things, there's more good to have Punk than not having him. So it's a fucking shame. But what are you going to do, man? But yeah, they might buy out his contract. Isn't that fucking wild? That, that's it just... I want to go back to Tony Khan, man. That guy is like, I feel like he's one of the people who he, if someone, the reason why I haven't really enjoyed AW probably for the last like couple months comes down to him. Tony Khan's <laughs> the owner and just a person that figure and like in the space. He's just, he, he's such a, a cringe person to me that I, he turns me away from the product whenever I see him, even if he's not on TV. I don't know what it is. It's just a personal thing at this point. But same with him and me and him just don't mesh. And I think it comes down to just feel like I don't know if he'd be doing like he's not a good booker, first of all. I think his booking is, is, is garbage. I think people overhype his bookings, his booking strategies. Um, I think he needs help in terms of running the company, in terms of like booking and stuff like that. And the CM Punk situation just showed that he let that man sit there and talk trash about his EVPs and then step in or, or stop him or say anything. That then that wasn't a good look, like you said to me. That I thought that was just a bad situation. It made situation look even worse on his end. But yeah. Poor I mean, yeah. Though, you know. I, I I you know, I do like some of his like, you know, the matches he's giving us. Like right now we're about to get Chris Jericho and Bandito later tonight. Like I'm excited about mm. that. I thought Grand Slam had a good card in terms of that, but when it comes in the grand scheme of booking, you like obviously you never knew CM Punk was gonna get fucking injured. But man, I wish they never took the title off a of hangman at this point after for all mm-hmm. the stuff that yeah. would end up coming out of this. I wish they never took the title off of him. And then, you know, it's great that Mox is now a three-time world heavyweight champion, <laughs> but look at the bullshit that he had to go through <laughs> right. in between all that just to become, you know, a three-time champ. It's, like, fucking ridiculous. And, you know, there's still that weird, you know, I will, you know, I, I don't fully agree with the 100% of his booking strategy either, but I, I maybe a little more than you. But, like, for example, to have Mox beat Punk in like two minutes and then then to do that match it all out and then just for this to come down like obviously he didn't know this like half this shit was going to happen but mm-hmm. my lord like the way it could have been handled was it could have been so much better I but... was against that whole Mox winning Punk in two seconds because I knew was, if, if, if this is going to run the match back and forth going to win to me that makes Mox look like an idiot because I feel like you beat him in two seconds and he's kind of visibly he's obviously kind of injured still but you couldn't beat him a second time doesn't spell to me that moxie is the dominant champ <laughs> to me it makes him seem kind of an idiot how you lose to punk i think you just beat him and he's hurt storyline wise it's like that didn't make any sense to me 
Uh, I mean, he didn't. Did they say he was hurt in that match? I don't know if he was hurt, but like, I don't think they said he was hurt in that in this in this uh, my, the second the match, second one. Yeah, because they never played on any of the injuries. Obviously, in like yeah. you know, in real life, he got hurt during the match. He fucking tore like a <laughs> some sort of muscle that now the same injury Christian has that they're out for six to nine months. I know I wouldn't say he looks like That's an idiot, but. You know, I do. I will disagree. I don't know if he would look like an idiot, but yeah, I guess from going to beating a guy in two minutes to then not beating a guy in however long it took, I don't know. Weird decisions, but it's still at the end of the day. I don't know. I, there's still hope in AEW. I'm happy like he's not an on-screen character on for Tony Khan because you know he is cringe, man. He is cringe. There's something about him that's like he definitely has like some t- sort of like on-screen awkwardness i don't know what's his like in-person type of stuff because maybe he's like has very he's very easy to talk to and stuff but he comes out very awkward when he like when he tries to hype up the crowd mid uh break before rampage like it's always a little awkward but at least he's not on screen at the moment he's just like he pops up says a couple words and that's about it every other couple of months <laughs> so one of the newest things in wrestling well in wwe and one of the biggest things without being on wwe like television technically without sort of being not on wwe television is all this white rabbit stuff you know it's been going on for the last two weeks now there's like random qr codes showing up now there's like a tiktok account you know people have been saying is this like obviously is this finally bray wyatt coming back some of his stuff has been a little cryptic on like uh, his Twitter account. He left a like on something that Brody Lee tweeted about years ago saying more guys are coming or more people are coming. I mean, this was like there was a QR code. Well, first of all, this all started, I think, what, with them playing the song White Rabbit um, by some band like during the commercial breaks. I actually got one of them. This was one of the more recent ones. I got a little playing. Okay, let me. I mean, let me play that for people so they could hear it. So they're playing that in the commercial breaks. Then they got QR codes that are like leading to like little interactive games. And now they got merch. Like here's one of them that Ryan Satin from whatever I don't know whatever he does. <laughs> he's wrestling journalist, I guess you could call him. Um, he had like this whole like you know realization that he thinks that the music sounds very famil- familiar to something of the Fiend. So I'll play that clipped. So he's saying there that like that background of the new like white rabbit video sounds exactly like the theme theme in a way, which I could kind of see that. And then this was the TikTok video they released the other day. Who killed ah! you? Dude. You 
So the White Rabbit got a whole bunch of things going on. They released like a uh, what was it coordinates, and it I forgot exactly where's the place, but it's Windham, like Idaho or something, Windham something, which obviously is Bray Wyatt's real name. So at this point, if it's not Bray Wyatt, who the hell is it? You know. <laughs> If it's not Brit, I'd be. I mean, if it's not Brett, I'll kind of be shocked. I mean, I'd be. It'll put me. I'll actually be surprised. Um, and it'll have to be someone that's much bigger than Brave if you're doing all this because you can't top Bray at this point. I feel like it has to be Bray. You know, who else is bigger than Bray that he could do all this marketing for and potentially pay a license to play a song that um at shows they they don't pay licenses for songs <laughs> so you know that's also like WWE's not too. a WWE technically isn't paying for this song at the moment because they're not it's not it's on, on air. TV yeah True. it's not Makes on sense. TV so technically they don't have to pay for it but I mean yeah because I'm thinking right now like out of all the free agents that are available too like I can't think of anyone bigger than Bray Bray's the only big agent free agent that I can think of unless it's like fucking Bobby Fish you know but like <laughs> For real, like who else is there that's gonna that would do this? And also, just looking at what it's like, like the song, the the crypt cryptic messages, all this, it just feels like you know it could be related to the fiend. It could be related to like the Bray Wyatt eater, like world eater type of persona he used to have, or this could be just another iteration of him. Like it could very much be him reinventing himself again. Which either or, I mean, I'm I'd be interested. There was recently a clip of him going around of him like in a ring training. So I don't see anything else besides it not being like it can't not be him. If it is like and I saw people were saying like if it's the fiend and he's coming back, like they were saying like uh Carrion Cross is the white rabbit and Braun is like something else scarlet something like they were like trying to give like all the characters in his little fun house like personas now but i don't think it's going to be any of that i just think we might be getting bray wyatt again and it looks like it might be at extreme rules which is what a week away or this is it Mm -hmm. yeah it's a it's a week away yeah it's next saturday because i realize i can't go watch it because i'm gonna be at a wedding um and even in the yeah you're busy too i'm gonna be by the chris rock show oh, oh, great. <laughs> you're going to a chris rock show that's hilarious <laughs> but like in the background of that poster you can see a flyer like fireflies and like a lantern like that's what people like found out on there so like if it's not him then i don't know what the fuck it is but i mean they've grown it's so crazy how much organic like hype they've drawn from this by like doing a small things here and there that there aren't even like publicizing on television like i think they just addressed it for the first time on the bump which is like wwe's like uh peacock version of i guess you could call like you know first take in a way but yeah now now we uh finally are at that point or, or a week away if it, i'm just saying it's gonna be bray if it's not you know if i'm just fantasy like Letting my fantasies go crazy. Will I be disappointed if it's not Bray? Probably, but like if it's someone bigger, then who else could it be? You know. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it has to be Bray at this point. And I think, like you said, if it's not Bray, I'd be pretty disappointed. Well, no, let me put it this way: if it's the Fiend, I'll be extremely disappointed. If it's why Bray, would you why? be extremely like disappointed? 
<laughs> I hate the fiend character. I think the fiend character needs to just disappear. Do you just hate the fiend? Just... Do you think you hate the fiend based off of how they did it in, with Vince? Because honestly, I think if Ooh, yeah. you know, yeah, I feel like you, you have a bias, and it's just because his booking was done horribly. I feel like if it was booked on there someone else, they could have the fiend could have been one of the coolest things ever if they didn't job him out to like losing to Randy and having all that weird shit going on. And uh, if he didn't almost get murdered by Seth Rollins in Hell in a Cell, I feel like The Fiend had some really cool stuff behind him. If Trivers could make The Fiend good, then I'll I'll be behind it. You know, I, but you know, of course, you got I got to see it happen. I got to see it play out. But I I just love the coat coat way coat coat way the coat bray of like the white family. So if it's something similar to that, not exactly that, because you probably don't want to like go back backwards, but like. If something similar to that, then I'd be pretty excited. Um, cause I think that was like his best character that just didn't have good booking uh, once again, good booking behind it. It kind of just just kind of screwed to him. So I feel like let him run through with some more, you know, cult stuff like that. I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I will say one thing that the fiend, you know, didn't have in the fiend and the slash like funhouse Bray Wyatt persona was the promos he was doing he had some crazy good promos of like you know just like all the all the things he was saying all the things he was like just the mannerisms were really good and that didn't translate over with um with bray wyatt you know they just kind of like didn't give him that as a fiend he never spoke he just like killed people basically (laughs) and like yeah they never really did much of anything with his promos or at least nothing was as memorable as just the way he was it's like the cult leader he he did so it would be cool to see if it's him i don't know i think they might just in total like maybe combine both characters in a way like all three Mm -hmm. and make it into this bigger thing whatever this white rabbit stuff is and just make it it'll probably be very dark and hopefully lets him get on the mic and hopefully he maybe he'll finally have a match with randy orton at wrestlemania that doesn't fucking suck so (laughs) that'd be amazing now let's talk about aw grand slam and before we talk about that obviously i went (laughs) i had a great time i got to meet in person for the first time i got to meet Joe from the Wrestling Journal podcast, you know, who helped start us all, put this all together for WrestleBuzz Network. Then I met Gurge from the Top Row podcast. I also met um, Nick, I believe. Yeah, Nick from, uh, he's also on the Wrestling Journal podcast. And I met their friend, I believe Justin was his name. So we ended up pre-gaming basically the show. Instead of going to watch Dark, we decided to just hang back outside Arthur Ashe and just drink. And a lot of other people were doing that too. People were just out there drinking because obviously stadium prices for beer cost a lot of fucking money. So it was cool to just interact with them, hang out. Finn was around too, so he got to go meet them. So we all just got to, you know, just chill and enjoy ourselves. Uh, But the third part of this group, so it was going to be all of rest of uh, Project Kayfabe, except Quade could not go, unfortunately, <laughs> because his new job had him working, and then you just went through, you almost you almost got screwed, basically, out of the entire thing. Yeah, I almost didn't make back any money at all, you know, but you know, I was in the hunt for, like, what? Four days trying to sell my tickets. Just to, I had not not just one. I had two tickets. So I had, to you like, had forty-eight tickets. hours basically yeah. to try and get those tickets to be bought. Two hundred forty dollars. You know, is that gonna go down the drain or find a way to recoup something? You know, but I, fantastically, like literally like an hour before the show, 
someone bought both. I, had, I dropped the price down to like mad low. So they made 170 off of both. But someone bought them and lucky to them. Shout out to you. You saw them, <laughs> whoever they were. So shout yeah, out to they were two, gen- uh, uh, two generic, back, but... <laughs> two generic dudes that on they weren't a problem. So that was fine. They were just two generic old older men that weren't an oh, issue. Old guys. Okay, so they 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 knew the tricks. They knew they had the. They knew they, they got me. They, they said someone's going to want to sell the tickets last second and, and drop the prices on. Yeah, they, they, they probably fumbled. like they, they had to me. have already been like sitting in the parking lot or in the area yeah. just waiting to find someone to, you know, who's going to sell the tickets for dirt cheap. And, you know, they found you. We <laughs> <laughs> <You> got lucky. <laughs> yeah. But hey, I mean, we got tickets for full gear. Full gear tickets were very fucking cheap, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I was fucking shocked. Like, you know, you kept saying, like, yeah, maybe I'll just buy a ticket for full gear and not do the Rampage and the full gear. I already had it in my mind I wanted to do both. And when the tickets were, what, 140 for both shows, that was incredible. And we're in, like, a good section, yeah. pretty much in the same section we would be if this was in Arthur Ashe. Unfortunately, I misread your text and it said, I thought you wanted two <laughs> tickets because you're always getting one for your brother, but you didn't, but I still bought it. But now Henry said, hold on to the ticket. He'll buy it from me. Oh, but if great. this mother... Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, though. That's the thing. If he fucking does it, I'm going to be so pissed. And if he doesn't fucking listen to this podcast anyway, I'm going to talk shit. I can't wait for this man to be like, yo, bro, I got more tattoos. Look at this tattoo. And then I'm like, all right, you got more tattoos. You still haven't paid me for this ticket yet. He's like, yo, bro, like, you know, someone just broke into my car this week. I got this payment here. I got this payment there. I got responsibilities. I'm like, yeah, we all fucking do, man. <laughs> and you could go get a whole sleeve done on yourself, but you if you can't give me the money for this ticket. Ticket. I'm gonna have like I'm gonna sell it, man. Like, f- like fucking hell. Hopefully he makes it out there. I don't, you know, it's been like two years since I last saw him at this point. So yeah, yeah pretty much. Cool. Yes, yeah, since we went to GCW in 2020. Yeah. But and then and then the thing is, like this man also told me, like, uh no, it was was it 2020? No, it was 2021. Was it last year? No, oh, when when did we we went to the? No, it was last year. It hasn't been. It was years. last year. Yeah, I, yeah, I made a say. mistake. I don't know why I thought it was 2020. That wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, but uh, where was I? Um, yeah, and then he also told me that he might not be able to go to, like, he'll go, like, he'll buy a ticket, but he could only probably go to the Friday one, not, like, full gear. Bro, which I was if like, you got to pick one, you go to full gear. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, oh, I work on Sunday. I'm like, bro, I mean, uh, you. It's that, a Saturday. I, yeah, it's a Saturday and you work on Sunday, but like by the time you get out and you sleep, you'll you probably would have been up anyway. So like Bro, you might live, as, live in New Jersey. <laughs> you, he could easily live in New Jersey. He normally lives in the Bronx, but like uh, man, like if you're gonna go to one, you gotta go to full gear. Like Rampage will probably yeah. be pretty good, but it's not gonna be full gear, which is obviously the big show. So I don't know. If he ends up paying for both tickets and only goes to one show, well, I guess Finn might be able to get free tickets to Full Gear because I'll just give it to him. I don't know. But <laughs> uh, anywho, AEW Grand Slam Dynamite. So after getting drunk with the boys, got into the show. And um, overall, um, I enjoyed the show, but I liked last year's better. And it might have to do with the fact of, like, you know, there a lot of big stars were missing. Kenny Omega, CM mm-hmm. Punk, The Bucks, Adam Cole. All of them were in the first Grand Slam. None of them were on the second Grand Slam. That doesn't make that the second... I'm not saying the second one was bad. I'm not saying this one was bad. 
it just didn't live up to what the first one was. And that's not a bad thing. It's just what happens. Like I, I, I compare it to final, I'm uh, not final, um, forbidden door. Forbidden door was a great show, but it could have been a lot better if they had your Kenny and your CM Punk and your Brian. Um, and this is kind of what happened here. It was a great show, but you were missing a lot of great guys that would have made the show even bigger. So, I mean, just on that alone, it was a little different. I still enjoyed it. And then for you watching at home, what did you think overall? Uh, I thought it was a I thought it was, yeah, I think it was a good show, but just like I said, it wasn't better than last year, of course, because I, but I don't think anything, even going into it, I knew it wasn't going to top last year, because last year started off with Kenny and Mike versus Dan and Brian, like, you can't, how do you top that opener that we had, that we saw, um, so like, and last year, there was a special feeling going around, because we just got Brian and Cole and CM Punk debut a month before, so of course, like, it was going to be a crazy show um, to go off of that, and this year, you know, all the stuff that happened with CM Punk and then and, and the Bucks and the Elite, it was just like, all right, the air is kind of different here, but you know, Moxie and and then Brian still had a good match, and you know, um, Jericho had a, a good match or okay match with Cesaro. So, like, there was still good things going on in the show, um, to make it a good show overall, but like I said, it just wasn't like it didn't have that special feeling around it, um, in terms of match card that the first one did, yeah, I, I agree. And, it's, and this one was interesting. I don't recall, and I'm not going to look it up, but uh, this show had five matches. At least Dynamite had five matches. They were all title matches. I didn't realize that until afterwards. I'm like, wait, every, all, the, all of these were title matches. So the first match was Jericho versus Claudio, which was really good. And I did not expect that fucking, like, no one expected Chris Jericho to fucking walk away with this W. I don't think anyone did. And fucking Chris Jericho won. Like, listen to, like, I, I'm going to play when the fans, like, fucking erupted because it was loud as hell. Now, of course, Judas was loud because it always is. You know, the fans love it. But my God, when he fucking walked away with the W, the whole stadium was going crazy. Here, let me play that portion. Where is it? I, I saved it somewhere. Almost. Got to put the brakes on. Oh, the low blow. Ref never saw it. Ref didn't see the low blow. Claudio's wobbly, guys. Oh. And that wasn't piped. That wasn't piped. That wasn't like fucking bait, like audio changed around. Like that place was loud for Chris Jericho winning the fucking title, man. Like I did not expect I would be able to say in 2022 that Chris Jericho is an ROE champion. He's a, like, I got this little post right here. Three-time WWE world champion, one-time undisputed WWF champion, two-time WCW world champion. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Uh, 17, <laughs> seven-time tag team champion, one European title, nine Intercontinentals, two United States, one IWGP Intercontinental title, AW title, and now the ROH championship. It's fucking Chris Jericho has built himself a crazy career, and now he could say he's the ROH champion. Him and Punk are the only ones that they could say that they're ROH, AW, World Heavyweight, WWE. Like, they're the only guys. <laughs> huh, yeah. I think it's time for him to go in the Impact World title now. Honestly, I... Big American... 
stuff. I would be down. I mean, I know a lot of people have their mixed feelings about Jericho, but I still say he's one of the goats, no matter what, if his wife sucks and they put money into the Trump campaign. <laughs> I would love to see him win the Impact title just because he has created such a crazy career for himself. Why the fuck not? I mean, even with him being, what, 40-something, almost in his 50s, whatever age he is, this he's still a draw. You can't deny it. He's still mm -hmm. a draw. People are still going for Chris Jericho in some shape or form. He might not be the only thing for everyone, but like he's still a piece that you realize he's on the card. That's probably going to be a good moment for you live, you know? Yeah. yeah. Someone says that part of the reason why the pirate get Chris Jericho to already style is because maybe they have a TV deal coming up and like they did it with before with AW that they gave him the world title because that TV deal with TNT, you know, when the hype he's a big name, you want to hype up a new show, use Chris Jericho. If that's the game here, I can't say that's the wrong decision. You know, Cesaro's a good guy, he's an amazing enemy wrestler, but he's not bigger than Chris Jericho. So, you know, he is he's still a big name no matter what. Um, this is what it is. No, I agree. If that's the case, like that's a smart decision on AEW slash ROH on Tony Khan just because if you are finally going to get like ROH have its own show especially like I want at, at this point I want AEW to have a brand split I need them to have two shows because they have too many stars the roster's bloated I wouldn't mind for two shows just to have more titles and more things going on you know I'd rather Rampage be a show that like actually means something for me that like if you don't watch it you're going to miss out on a lot of good stuff than like where it is now where it's like there is good stuff on Rampage, but not as much that's going to make me go out of my way on a Friday night to go watch it, you know, or even like on a Saturday or Sunday to miss out, like rewatch something I missed out. If only if it's like I hear on Twitter, like one of the best matches of the year, then I'll go check it out. But like if they made a brand split and they could carry on and produce a quality show like Dynamite is, I'd watch it. So that would be cool if that's the reason. Yeah, yeah, I think that like that's to me that's like the perfect way to kick off our wage. So hopefully that I'm hoping that's the reason because like I said, man, they just need to have some type of like separation of brands here. Plus I'm I'm tired of seeing our wage tile be defending the AW shows. So please yeah. get them on the show. Yeah, I mean, look at it being defended now. And when it was with Jonathan Gresham, it wasn't even a fucking thing. <laughs> it wasn't it didn't even exist. Yeah. But I did see someone say, because with uh, now Daniel Garcia, he's the uh, pure champion. Oh, yeah. And, you know, his role model is like, you know, his wrestling idol is uh, Jer uh, not Jericho. Well, Jericho is one of them. But um, uh, Brian Danielson, there was that photo where Brian Danielson was also ROH and pure at the same time. So they're saying with now this friction between oh, Jericho and Garcia and the JAS, what if he beats Garcia, I mean, what if Garcia beats him for the ROH title? Maybe, like, at the first, like, official show of ROH, maybe that would be cool. Like, if they get a TV deal, that would be really cool to see that Garcia beats him for it. That would be pretty dope. That would be a good story. I like that a lot. That, I will support that. Yeah, I'd be into it. Um, it's just cool. Like, people, like, you know, there's conversation of who's homegrown and not or, like, what they do. And, like, for example, I was sitting there. And I'm like, I'm just happy like to see Cesaro getting like the opportunities he deserve. Cool to see like, you know, all these people that they're building. Like, for example, the acclaimed. The acclaimed, the eruption that they had for winning the fucking tag team titles from Swerve and the Glory was crazy. And just like comparison, like I'm gonna play a clip now from their first ever appearance as a tag team on Dark 
and obviously it was during a pandemic era, so of course it wouldn't be that crazy. But just to see that they were doing that in like 2020 to where they are now, it's incredible. I don't know if you've seen this clip or not, but it's just so cool to see where they've come from. At a combined weight of 456 pounds, the team of Anthony Bones and Max Caster. Oh, <laughs> they don't even have a name. There we go, watch this. Hold on. Cut it off. The song is great, but we need to cut it off. Ayo, ayo, listen, listen, that's Anthony Bowens, I'm Platinum Max, we critically acclaimed, and that's a fact, why, he's the five-tool player, he walks red carpets, I only make hits, I'm a platinum selling artist. And here's some advice. Chuck, get a tan. And Trent, go back to your mom's minivan. <laughs> that was good stuff by Castle. Hold on, yeah. And I shoot straight like Berettas. Oh. Y'all the best friends, but our hugs are better. Wow. <laughs> you heard that a little Such cool. a good hug. <laughs> And I was saying that Chris Jericho, like the crowd erupted for him winning the title. The Everyone loves the acclaim, man. Like literally everyone loves the acclaim. It was so sweet to fucking see them win the title. They should have won it all out, but I'll take them not winning it all out just for this moment. Just to see this moment live. They are ho- they are homegrown talent. Also, they are like technically the ho- like they're the home favorite because Anthony Bowens, he's from Jersey. Um, Platinum Max, he's from Long Island. So to see, like, you know, this whole thing come together for them at Arthur Ashe, like, it was so, it was such a good feel, feeling moment. Especially to see, like, they started from obviously the very fucking bottom when they were on dark and just forming together. And then, you know, they hit some speed bumps along the way. Like when he, uh, you know, you had Platinum Max hit us, uh, with that dark, rap that got him in trouble for a bit but then they did you know (laughs) then they bounced back and look at how much love they got and here they are now that first clip is just funny it it seems i forgot the first one i forgot the pandemic so like there's no crowd but it's just like one of the most awkward raps or promos i've ever ever heard and just like pandemic wrestling is just like it shouldn't (laughs) exist but um yeah, that's that's just, that's crazy to see what they come like. I didn't, I never thought from the time like I first saw them compete in AW, I never thought they were gonna win a championship, attack the tag titles. I thought they were just gonna make another. I don't want to compare because they're both black, but another private party who just kind of just like disappears off the car, you know. Especially when that whole thing happened with the whole rap thing, he got in trouble, disappeared for a while. Yeah. Um, I was just like, man, and Bowens got hurt. Um, I'll just say, yeah, this team's never going to get to the high points that that uh, other teams could, but they proved me wrong, and I'm like, I'm I'm here for it. Like, I like them as a team. I think this is a perfect um, win for them. I think being with um, Billy Gunn 
helped them yeah. out. Like he's he elevated them to places that I didn't think he was someone who elevated attacking like them. So like kudos to them really. Like they they really are one of the top teams in AEW. It's just nice to see like a team like them. Like this is I think this is uh no no my August this is the first like AEW team that won Tyler but then Jungle Boy and the dinosaur there, there's the, home, there's the enough homegrown talent that have won titles like Jade and all that. But yeah. like they, they they feel more like it just because like you know Jade has always been like amplified by AEW. They've always amplified Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and like always giving them like mm-hmm. a, a moment. Like the acclaim were literally just racking up W's on dark and not being a good thing. And then their raps got really popular. They, I think they were calling themselves the People's Champs or the Uncrowned Champs, but like they were like they were. They are like the people helped bring them there because so everyone loves the acclaim. Like it's not even a joke. Like it was crazy. And I got even a moment to show. I I, I got another one. This was a uh, after they won the title. Anthony Bowens like did a little talk, like a clip of some sort. Here, let me show that one. It was really good. I think these two summed it up pretty well, but I'm going to take a second to speak on something that I don't really talk about much in front of a camera. And some of you know, some of you may not know, but I never thought I'd be able to have a moment like this. I never thought I would be able to live my dream because there was a time where I was very confused and I didn't know how to accept myself, but I fought through that I fought through all that and now I cry, because I'm a champion. Max and I, the acclaimed, we are champions. So if you're someone, if you're someone who feels like me, and it doesn't even have to be about your sexuality, it could be you're depressed, you're bullied if life sucks in general, just know that everything gets better. We're living proof of that. I love you, we love you, but most importantly, Everyone loves the acclaimed. That's right. Now scissor me up, ah. Daddy. Ass. <laughs> what? That was really good, man. Like, just that was a good feel-good moment. Like, it was so good to see them win. And then, you know, Anthony Bowens does that little thing at the end in this clip that I found. I'm like, wow. Like, you know, they, it's really cool to see. It was a really good moment just to see the acclaim go from where they are to where where they were to where they are now, man. Yeah, that's a, that was a good that was a that was a powerful clip. Like that right there proves to me like like I, said, I, I just never did just feel like a team that's like one of those wins they just feel good about. You just want to cheer for you, want to be behind. Um, just like one of those wins, and just like can't be mad that they won. Yeah. Like it was such a good feeling in the arena to see every like there if so there was no person that was upset by that decision I don't think like it was incredible, but man that was really cool. Um, what else? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're watching AEW right now as we're in the beginning portion of it, but Luigi Primo just was got decked by Daniel Garcia. <laughs> He's still there. I'm weak. They brought so I don't know. I guess you're not watching. They were doing the Jericho celebration for him winning the ROH title. I see Garcia and Jericho now having words, but yeah, they brought out Luigi Primo for this. <laughs> um. Anyway, back to Grand Slam. We'll try and finish it up. Um. The next match on this card, which uh, this for me, you know, I, I enjoyed it, but it was okay. It was. It, I've I've seen better. I was very confused just because on television it, or at least in the crowd it didn't. It didn't, it didn't, what am I trying to say? 
live, it didn't look right. And that was the Pack versus Orange Cassidy match for the Atlantic title. It didn't look right when Pack ended up like hitting Orange Cassidy with like the ring hammer for the ring bell. It just looked like Pack just hit him and that took out Orange Cassidy. It was a good match. I've seen better matches from both men, but um probably the most like forgettable thing of the card, unfortunately. I never see. I didn't. I actually don't remember this match. I don't think I watched it. I think I was just probably doing something else. So I wouldn't tell you if it was good or not <laughs> from home. Um, but I, I thought, I thought we saw. I think we saw this match a couple times in the AEW. Right? It's like third match they had, and Pack won again. It's kind of interesting. I think so. I know they had their match. Um, you know, when they went against Kenny, and that was probably yeah. one of the best. Like, if you could put like a top ten, top twelve, I don't know, of like best matches and. AEW, I feel like Kenny versus Pac versus Orange Cassidy kind of deserves to be on there. But this, uh, I don't know how many other times they won against each other, but this one, eh, it kind of, it's just the least memorable one, unfortunately, for me. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. You know, that's, and that's okay. You know, sometimes you don't have a good match, sometimes you have an off day. And probably just that. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was bad. It just wasn't as memorable compared to everything on this card. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. the next match, and I'm guilty of this. You know, I always talk, you know, they need to be better at women's wrestling. So many people need to be better at women's wrestling. Give it respect. But, unfortunately, this between this match I was, was when I was like, all right, let me try and go get my food and drinks during the uh, entrance. And then turns out this match went you know, way shorter than I thought it would have been, but also the lines were way longer than I would have been. Mm-hmm. But Tony Storm defeats Serena Deeb, Athena, Britt Baker. I'm fine by that. I think she needs to be champion for a bit. They don't need to drop this interim title quickly off of somebody else um, quite yet until they figure out what the hell's going on with Thunder Rosa. Um, and then, I mean, the biggest thing to come out of this match was a debut. And honestly, I forgot there were still big debuts that could happen in AEW from, like, big names. And here, I'll play the clip of this one, too. But... The crowd is electric, and that is for Soraya, a.k.a. Paige. Paige is with AEW. And this was fucking wild as fuck to see. Like, when the music, like, obviously they did the thing. Like, it happens a lot in professional wrestling. You beat up someone. They kept getting beat up, and no one, and, like, it just feels like someone's going to come in and do something. And it was. And it was fucking Paige. I was was taken off guard because I didn't think there was anyone else that could surprise me to go to AEW at this point and this was this was a person that surprised the fuck out of me yeah like i i, I thought i, I once she, when she when she left there yeah like honestly just forgot about her i feel like oh, okay you know whatever she left <laughs> so i thought she was i'm um, just gonna do one thing probably keep streaming so seeing her in AEW was pretty dope you know and to see that she's probably cleared to wrestle which i assume so because if she's here she can't wrestle that'd be kind of weird um but you know that's exciting because like she was she was pretty good um during that time when like the whole women's revolution started in we so like she was I one of the key people be, yeah she was like her yeah she was like one of the key people along with like aj her, her and emma were like the ones emma, that kind yeah. of started the nxt like version of it that would then transfer to what we ended up getting all together and then eventually like the four horse women and all that like 
they they did a lot. So yeah, yeah. So from based on that, like I expect this to be a good debut. Like, I think she'll be uh, having a good run here, and I hope she does. Um, I'm just happy that she feels that she could do it, and that's a big thing. So like, I'm happy for her. Yeah, I saw apparently she might be signed to a three year deal, and you know, I it is in question is she cleared the wrestle or not. I think they might do the Sting approach where mm. maybe they put her in a tag team match, kind of. I mean, Sting has only wrestled tag team matches, but maybe they'll do like that at first before they give her her own one-on-one match. Or maybe they also waited some time before they put Sting in the ring. So maybe they mm. might do that a little bit before she's eventually cleared. But Paige is with AEW, and I'd like to see what happened from here, man. Like, she, it was very sad to know that she ended up having to, like, kind of retire early and then now the fact like look at people like brian danielson look at edge crazy neck injuries that with time and with medicine and you know with just the way that medicine has improved over the years like she could be able to hopefully come back and not have to deal with like horrible consequences from this but you know if she's about if doctor's clear i'd love to see what she can do with this women's division and just like in general bring her back in pro wrestling yeah, just just keep her away from Thunder Rosa, Tay, Mello, and Sammy Guevara, and she might be okay. Oh, and God. Jade. I, <laughs> Jade's uh, not, she's an interview, but she kind of agrees. So I don't know if I trust her right now. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what type of good match Jade is going to have, because I still can't <laughs> say Jade has had a good match, unfortunately, but it is what it is. Jade is still very entertaining, and she can be one of the biggest things in wrestling once she gets her, you know, in-ring gear like you know in-ring stuff taken care of all right and then the main event of the show which went for 19 minutes apparently but it did not feel like 19 minutes it felt honestly way quicker than it was john moxley going against brian danielson for the vacant AEW title because cm punk is injured and just a little crybaby you know gotta love him but jesus <laughs> John Moxley ends up beating Brian Danielson, which, you know, I honestly thought two things. I thought, one, Brian Danielson was going to win. And I thought, two, MJF was going to cash in the chip because it sounds like this chip is, like, very reminiscent of the money in the bank. But um, MJF was in his own suite watching this match the entire time, and I don't know if this showed on television as much as they did it for the crowd, but they kept showing MJF like every yeah, other they, five they, minutes. They like they showed <laughs> his ridiculous. face so much and like, sure, he was reacting a lot to it and whatnot, but I thought they showed him a little too much. And then once it was getting towards the end of the match or once this match had gotten long enough, I'm like, yeah, MJF isn't cashing in tonight, is he? <laughs> yeah, they kept showing him on TV. Everybody was like, what the fuck? All right, I get it. He's like, is, yeah. <laughs> like, they make it say he's more important in the match. At the end of the day, I mean, like, his win is his inevitable win is probably bigger than this match. But um, at least let that, at least let the match continue on. They can show him maybe once or twice and let it rock. Um, but the match was good. The match was fun. The match was definitely cool. I wanted Brian to win. Um, but then Brian was under the wall with Mox win because they kept teasing MG ever some Moxley, so I should have seen it coming. Um, but I did want Brian to win. I was disappointed, but you know, it's all good. Yeah, I mean, I. I don't think I could say I was disappointed because I'm a big Mox fan and I'm happy for either or. You know, I would like to see Brian Danielson with the belt, but I, you know, I do question: is this Mox reign only going to be like possibly a month and a couple of mm, change because yeah. 
like full gear will be coming up in november and will he go against mjf by then you know like i do question how long until mjf is champion because at this point whether everything that happened was true or not whether or not he's just playing the part of you know mjf and he's like just pretending like he's gonna be you know a free agent and he's gonna leave his stock is up so if he wanted to leave wwe could get him when his contract is up but um, at this point, I think MJF is hot, and they should give him the belt while he's hot. And, you know, he has momentum. But Moxley being champ, I'll never complain about it. He had a really cool promo at the end of the show just saying, like, you know, I live for this shit being a wrestler. Like, it's really great to see that Moxley was able to come back from being, you know, under alcohol, being an alcoholic, and then, like, have probably the definitive run of his career right now, not only in like AEW, but in GCW, in other indies he's a part of. Ever since he has come back from, you know, being, um, you know, just attached to alcohol, he has improved himself so much and has just been the standard for AEW. He is like the ace of AEW. And you think about it, the Shield is running WWE and AEW. You got Seth and Roman being the best things right now on WWE television, and you got the same with Moxley. Like these three guys have really torn wrestling like in in half. Like they've been killing it. Yeah, like they they. It's crazy how the, how the Shield legit became the three biggest names in wrestling. Like I mean, I just like and the in the scope of things, they pretty much are because like Moxley is like. He is pretty much AW's like the guy at this point in time that he's the guy they always go back to. He has most amateur reigns, you know, he's always a focal point of the show. Um, for right now, he is kind of like the guy. And then like Roman is obviously the guy on the Seth is pretty much the second guy because he's like as much as he loses <laughs> that pair of views, he's still one of he's the most still protected. strong. He's more yeah, of the most like, protected. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's just like these three guys just and they're just doing the, all doing the best work and just wild to see that happen and just like it brings joy to my heart that these shield guys legit came out and then did yeah. the thing I, I thought moxie if moxie had stayed in WWE, this would not have been a thing like he probably would have been 100 oh, he would have been he would have been the, the main <laughs> like mid carter <laughs> yeah he would have been the straight mid carter so i'm happy he left because like he got to be the star that he deserves to be so everyone got the spot you know stuff could get raw Roman got spat down. Dean got yeah. not Dean. John got AW. So works out. Yeah. Like, I don't think he'll ever go back to WWE, but then again, never say never. I mean, his book kind of made it seem like he'll never go back. But even if he would, like, he's like right now our generation stone cold in a way, which is weird mm. to say, but like it kind of is if you just look at his don't give a fuck attitude. Like, he is this like stone cold. Like, Roman is, like, Hollywood rock in a way now. And, like, <laughs> I don't even know what you could consider Seth. Seth is just, like, Seth. Like, he's his own thing. And, like, and it's also crazy, too, because, like, the Shield is what put him on the map for, like, just being bigger than what they are. Roman literally came from nothing. Seth was already one of the biggest things in the Indies before he went to WWE. And John Moxley also kind of was, too, because I remember hearing about John Moxley way before the Shield because of the crazy shit he was doing in, like, CZW and everything like that. And now look at them. Like, they are fucking stars in professional wrestling. And, you know, ready? They could transcend easily. I don't know if John Moxley would be, like, a Hollywood star. He has 12 rounds, too, that he did. But um, it is really <laughs> cool to see that, like, these guys are what makes wrestling wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see him as a champ. John Moxley, you can put him in any role for AEW right now, and he's carrying it. 
Um, I would be interested to see if he ever goes heel. I feel like maybe the fans love him too much to do that. But right now he is champ, and I'm very happy also that uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, Blackpool Combat Club is not broken up. I was worried that maybe this would somehow lead to a breakup. People were saying, like, you know, I saw someone mention this. This is on a Discord I'm in. They saw when William Regal came into the ring on uh, after that match, and they were like, oh, he came in the same way MJF does. He wiped his feet and stuff. And the way he <laughs> went in, I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like that's just William Regal. I mean, yeah, that's, that's he's a res- he respects the craft of pro wrestling. So I don't know if William Regal's going to turn on him and go with MJF. I don't think MJF needs someone like Regal. That would just be a waste for Regal. I like the position where he's in with, with the Blackpool Combat Club. And hopefully the Blackpool Combat Club never fucking breaks up because they're they're like they're a unit, but they're not like they need to be with each other all the time. Like you almost forget Ma, like Brian Danielson's a part of it if it wasn't for the fact William Regal does commentary on his match. Like, you know, I like where they're at. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, I definitely think that everything is just is a coincidence. But yeah, Blackpool Combat Club, man, is like pretty cool, but I'm ready for this MJF run to start. I'm ready for MJF. I'm ready to see MJF WWE. Oh, whoa, whoa, wow. That's not like JR. I'm ready to see MJF's AEW because I think it'll be an interesting time period for them. I think it'll be the time period where we see them step into like their own. Like this would be, I think this would be the, the hangman run that should have happened. Hangman would happen with MJF in terms of like that guy being the, the face of the company. That's not from the. <laughs> No, yeah, hundred percent. Like it would be really cool to see that, just because, like you know, he, MJ, Hangman is a homegrown talent. Even if he's like people are saying, oh, he was an ROH in New Japan. Like I still would consider him homegrown because if they if he would have just stuck that stood there, like he's way bigger now because of mm-hmm. obviously AEW. He's the one that grew the most out of the elite. But it is very cool to see what we could get from like MJF, who's another homegrown guy who more than likely will eventually go to like WWE. But hey, like right now, this was this is the times we got to appreciate because this guy's on fire, man. He's he's killing it, and he has the potential. Like he does say, like oh, I'm the youngest, fastest growing star in professional wrestling. Like you know, while he talks, like he loves to hype himself up because he's always keeping it kayfabe. I got to give it to him; he's not lying half the time. <laughs> you know, like he's one of the biggest things, and like. You know, there was a point, a lot of people, I would say, I'd, maybe there was points that people were tired of MJF, especially because, you know, MJF was doing promos. He was like, yo, Darby, your uncle killed himself. Ha, ha, ha. Like, you know, that was bullshit. But, like, when you take away that stupid stuff out of his repertoire or whatever you, whatever word I want to use, he's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. A rampage. There's not that much I want to talk about besides a couple of things. So the Sting and Darby match, I got to watch the replay of that. I ended up meeting up with some of my friends from the Hive. Met up with my boy Nick March and my boy David, and we were just chit-chatting. And we missed basically the entire match, but (laughs) Sting was going crazy per usual. I saw Darby fucking cracked his head open. Um, And then also, you had fucking the Great Muda pop up, which was wild. Like, I don't have the clip of that, but the Great Muda popped up, gave the fucking Mr. to fucking Buddy Matthews. Julia Hart missed the table basically completely when she fucking fell out of there. I mean, not only is it cool to see that Sting went fucking crazy again, I missed part of that, but I'll watch the replay. But Great Muda showed up, and like that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. 
Yeah, I did not see this match. I ain't see, I ain't see Rampage. I ain't see all. Of, I ain't see Rampage in general. But I saw clips of the Great Muda part, and that was pretty cool. I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty dope. Um, the match that that that, that Julia Hart was vicious. Though. I feel bad for her when she just dropped on the back and probably <laughs> hit her head. I was just like, sheesh, that's just unfortunate. But um, yeah, yeah, I heard it was good though. It was, it was. I, I could while I wasn't paying attention because I was catching up with some people outside. It was really cool. Just to, the atmosphere was nice, and you know, House of Black is still a thing. You know, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. I've retweeted or left some likes from the from our account, but uh, everyone was saying, "Oh, Malachi Black's leaving WWE, leaving for WWE, blah blah." And then he just went on live, like on Instagram live yesterday, like, yo, I just need some time off. Like, please stop yeah. spreading lies. Like, I'm coming back to AEW. I just need time off. Like, <laughs> it is fucking funny to see that, like, this, the rumor mills are fucking going crazy. Like, the yeah. amount of fake rumors that have been, like, that was a fake rumor people were spreading. You know, a lot of people have been giving a lot of shit to Bobby Fish. And I'm not I'm not here defending Bobby Fish like he's my favorite wrestler. But people are saying, oh, Bobby Fish was trying to recruit Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly for Triple H. And then Triple H said, because you couldn't recruit them, you're not working for us. So that's why he's with <laughs> Impact. And then just today... <laughs> Bobby Fish fucking went on like some podcast or whatever. He's like, yeah, none of that fucking happened. Apparently, <laughs> people don't think I know what a contract is and how that works after being in the business for as many years as I've been. Like, the rumor mills are fucking garbage, man. Everything I hear nowadays, until I see it, I'm not going to believe it at this point. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, at this point, like, the rumor is just like, ever since Triple H came into power, everybody's think these fancy booking scenarios were like, this person's gonna leave it. They go back to the day. Like, no, that's not gonna happen. Like, not like these people have five year, three year long contracts. They're not leaving anytime soon. So don't expect them to just magically. First of all, Tony can't even let them leave. <laughs> like, yeah, not right now. <laughs> like, they're gonna leave, maybe or maybe not. But like, right. they're not gonna fucking break a contract and go to WWE right now just because Triple H is in charge now. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. Um, what else? Man, uh, Action Bronson and Hook had a match. Five minute match, but it was good. I'll give it to them. I like the, I like Matt Menard. I like Angelo Parker. I like Hook and Action Bronson. Like, you know, he lost a lot of weight and he was able to wrestle and he's a wrestling fan. That's another thing. I love it. I love what AEW has done. And also WWE has done it too. Like they had Bad Bunny and stuff, but like Action Bronson literally talks about wrestling in a lot of his songs. And the fact that we get him in professional wrestling in a match that was fucking dope that was sick that was cool to see um so not much to talk about there or lone smojo beat tony niece and josh woods i feel bad for tony niece just a little bit because he's a really good wrestler but he is just a mid-card jobber for aw at the moment but maybe one day that might change or maybe he, Tony Nish should maybe take some more indie bookings and do pretty well in the indies for himself or maybe do like some impact matches that would be good for him the 17-minute match between Jungle Boy and Ray Phoenix was really good, but I'm surprised that it was 17 minutes because that felt like it was 25 minutes long, <laughs> and it wasn't a bad match, but I, I, I could have sworn this was the longest match of the night because that was fucking long as hell to watch, but that was good, too. I'm just speeding off. If you want to interrupt me and say something, even though you didn't watch the show, feel free. 
Um, Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello went against Eddie Kingston. Probably with two of the biggest eventful things. One, Sammy Guevara is coming out now with a Dragon Ball Z entrance like video, which is cool. Right. So that was cool. Um, I still, you know, while I don't like him, and Sammy Guevara definitely has go home heat. Him and Ty Mello both have that right now. Um, he's a good wrestler. And they had a good match. He had a good match against Eddie Kingston. Unfortunately, Eddie Kingston won. And then he continued to keep the submission on him. So then they decided to re-redact that and give Eddie Kingston the disqualification, which was dumb yeah. booking. So if you want to go back yeah. to talking about Tony Khan's dumb booking, and I'm like kind of saying, I don't know about that. No, that one was fucking dumb. Why the fuck... Does he hold the like the fucking hold on after the sh- the match is done? So then the referee turns around and says, "Yeah, <laughs> never mind. Fuck you, Eddie Kingston. You don't get the win. That was garbage. That was stupid." <laughs> What's funny too is that Tony he had a whole argument with the referee, like a fake argument with the referee on Twitter. I'm just like, bro, why are you doing this? He just look like an idiot. Just like, like sometimes you gotta understand. Maybe he shouldn't have done this and leave it Tony alone. Tony did that. Twisted. Yeah, he did. He had like a fake argument with like the referee on Twitter. I'm just like, <laughs> come on, don't drag it. It's done. <laughs> well, I'm hoping while he's having fake arguments on Twitter with the ref, I hope he got back to this one fan. She had her. It was his. It was her and her husband and her kid. Apparently, they had Grand Slam. They had some of the worst seats ever. They were basically behind the Titantron and oh couldn't gosh. see most <laughs> of the show. And then they complain about it. And on our, oh, wow, MJF's wearing a Mets jersey. That's funny. Um, um, oh, yeah, another match that happened. Jade Cargill versus uh, Diamante. That was a two-minute match. <laughs> you know, it's uh, when is Jade going to have real matches is my biggest question. I love Jade. I just want her to have real matches and real opponents. And also, I don't, you know, I don't know when that'll ever happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jade. Uh, Sunday with Jade, man. Like, her matches, I think she just needs, like, honestly, I think she's such, well, I think she was going to drop to Chris Stella and then she got hurt. So, um, I think she needs to drop the title. But I don't know what they're building with, with Jade. Like, who's going to be her? And when she loses, what does she do next, you know? You can't get the world. They can't get her the main title because that's gonna be some pretty a rough. The, the women division is very bad. Yes, her star power is up there, but if you turn about terms of matches, it's gonna be horrible. Like worse than yeah. worse. Yeah, and <laughs> like, I, I think she has the look, she has the charisma, but at the same time, I also don't know. I don't really think. I still feel like she could use some more promo work too. You know. Like, I love it when I'm someone like me who's like, yeah, that person needs to be better at their promos, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, obviously, like, uh, it, like as someone who's trying to critique the product a bit, like, um, like she didn't need, she, I, like, she doesn't have Stokely Hathaway anymore. Mm-hmm. But right. at the same time, I feel like half of her stuff is cut this shit on that bitch and, you know, I'm going to win. That's kind of where she's at. In promos, that's what I get out of it. So I don't know if uh, if there is like more for this. You know, maybe I'm just not paying attention enough. But I don't know what they do with her. I I, I truly don't. So Jade Cargill is a big deal in there, but uh, I want more in terms of like her in ring work and just promo work. I don't know. And the mm-hmm. baddies, you know, the baddies are there. They got Kira Hogan who could be doing a lot more. That's I don't really know. Sure yeah, I mean not instead, Jade, but like they should push, they should her, push her up as well. I don't know shit about really Lay- Layla Gray, to be honest, or Lilo yeah, Gray, yeah. whatever her name is. No offense, but anywho. Um, 
And then the next matchup, so this was a Golden Ticket Battle Royal for an AEW title match that will happen on the 18th of October, I'm pretty sure. And Hangman was uh, the winner of that one, and he beat, uh, he eliminated Roosh for that. And that's pretty cool that we're going to get Hangman versus Mox. I did want to see that at some point. We've never, they've never gone one-on-one against each other. They've only been in a tag team match against each other. So it'll be cool to see this happen. Um, Hangman Page probably won't be winning this match, but it's probably going to be a banger between the two of them. They're going to do it on AEW Dynamite, and it's still very cool to see like those type of matches on Dynamites. But kind of leading to what we said earlier about like you know, Grant, like uh, their pay per views are really fucking long. Like we're going to be up for a very long time on Saturday for Full Gear because mm-hmm. they do like four hour pay per views. And mind you, it's a lot of good matches, but it's a lot at once, so it's like it it, it drains you. So I, I, I would like at some point, you know, they should be able to maybe do other big shows just to then lessen the burden that a four-hour show is uh, every couple of months since they only do four big pay-per-views. Mind you, they still do Battle of the Belts, but it's not, you know, as important. They do, like, their, pro, like, you know, they do have their, like, big shows like Grand Slam and, you know, St. Patrick's Day or all those stuff, other types of stuff. But maybe they should just do two more pay-per-views a year just so we don't have four-hour-long, like, pay-per-views from them. I would do six. I think six is a great number to, to end that and just kind of spread out a little bit better. Um, but, hey, you know, they, they, who knows? If they do six, they might still do freaking five-hour shows that might never even help them. Yeah, I mean, they, they could do six, and who knows what's going to happen when eventually they give ROH their own mm. show and pay-per-views along with it. So who would like to see what happened there? Um, but yeah, Hangman versus Mox, October 18th, I'm pretty sure. And that match was cool. That was a good, you know, battle royal. I was. I think the biggest thing besides Mock, I mean, uh, Adam Page winning was Brian Cage is still of AEW. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, like he was a part of that match. I just saw they had him in because um, I saw someone on Twitter is at this show right now at Philly, and they had a dark match of Brian Cage. Dude, <laughs> Brian Cage is someone who's still crazy to me that they dropped the ball so hard on to think about how big he was for Impact for a couple of years, how big he was on Lucha Underground, just for him now to be... Also, he was big on the he's, he was big on the indies for quite some time. Now for him just to be a fucking afterthought in AEW is crazy to me that this man is not even a big deal. You know, the biggest guy that they have is Wardlow in terms of big men, and Brian Cage isn't bad. That's the thing. I don't think he's a bad wrestler. I mean, sure, maybe he's been annoying on the mic and maybe he has some problems with some people backstage, but he's still like a caliber guy in terms of matches. But I don't know what happened with Brian Cage. That man fell off in the terms of AEW. Yeah, I forgot he was there too. Now. I thought he was in the ROH now. I thought that was going to keep him there. So see him in the barrel. I saw a clip of him in the barrel. I was like, Huh. Okay. I give yeah, he was supposed to be. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, he was supposed to be a part of a faction that Tully Blanchard uh, created, uh, which also had Jonathan Grisham. But they released Jonathan Grisham, and Tully Bradshaw asked for his release. So now that faction is now um, Prince Nana's in charge of it. So it's he's yeah. I guess maybe they are saving him for ROH. But yeah, he was in that battle royal, and it's just crazy to think that. This man, like, owned wrestling that wasn't WWE or, like, New Japan for quite some time, and now he's, like, an afterthought. But, hey, 
Um, and then main event. Oh, oh yeah, definitely got to sum it up now. AEW's main event for Rampage was Ricky Starks going against Powerhouse Hobbs. Lights out match. Ricky Starks is a fucking star. Powerhouse Hobbs can also be a star, but Ricky Starks, his his star shines brighter than fucking Powerhouse Hobbs. And that was a very good match to see. They went all over the ring for that one. They even had like Hobbs pull out a piece of the light from like the little entrance tunnels and beat him with that. Like, um, it was cool that Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks were able to main event that one, and Ricky Starks takes home the W the W on that. He's one of the guys who should be in the main event scene by now at this point because he, ever since his first match and ever since and and afterwards, he has always been consistent on putting good matches, good promos, being entertaining. I remember I started watching him when he was on MLW and then NWA for a little bit during the pandemic, and he was killing it there. So I'd be really cool to see Ricky Starks really get the opportunity to be like TNT champ and then hopefully go on to AEW world title. I also kind of wish that, like, AEW had what Impact has with the X Division title, or you could, like, mm-hmm. cash in the X Division oh, yeah. for the world title. I would like to see that at some point. Sure, like, I don't know how much Impact does that anymore, but that was a good thing that I think could, if AEW on the bar or something, I would like that in a way. Like, use the TNT title sometimes as a stepping stone in a way, which, you know, does it make it less important? Kind of, but also I think they do a good job of making it feel important as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that that'd be pretty cool. I think that'd be like a nice little touch to have that kind of cash. And I thought Option C thing was pretty cool in, in um impact. And to me, kind of give like some people might think it developed top, but I think it's like another purpose. So I think that was pretty dope. Um, but yeah, Ricky Starks, he should be a star. I can't wait for them to like realize that and just like put him in the spotlight to be in the like world championship like picture and stuff like that and part of me is like i want him to go to the league i think they would you know how to use ricky starks a little bit better than aw does because his primary thing is like promos and aw is not really a promo every place but he is so i feel like he could shine there but yeah i just want to be a star man i, I was mad when real house won't beat him and all like i thought it was a dumb decision i know yeah, had been real house but like it's starks you know yeah you know i don't know like i don't think this is a bad decision but maybe if they're going to do, like, eliminator matches like they do, put Mox and Starks in a match. Oh, yeah. Even yeah, if he does, even if he's not winning it, I'd put mm-hmm. them in a match just because now Starks is done with Hobbs, I think. But then they might need, like, a rubber match, I'm pretty sure. They might do a rubber match for because they're both one-on-one, one-on-one against each other. So maybe they do one more match, but I don't know. I feel like you don't need to. And if you put Mox and, you know... You could do Mox and uh and and uh why am I drawing a blank? Mox and Ricky Starks together. Maybe Hobbs cost cost him the match, but that's after putting on like a twenty minute banger. You know that would be mm-hmm. pretty cool. Because I think um I don't I would like to see him in the main event already, or at least putting him in that area where he like is in the champ, but like he's a main attraction. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That hundred percent. Cool. Well, I think that's everything I wanted to talk about. Um, we were a little distracted towards the end of that just because now, as we're recording, Mox has taken on Juice Robinson for the AW Eliminator match, whatever they call them. But anywho, that is our show for you people. Um, thank you very much for listening. So this is going to be our last wrestling show for the moment on this side. We're going to have some bonus wrestling stuff on this side 
of our feed. But from now on, after this episode, you can catch our weekly wrestling episode on uh, the WrestleBuzz Network. So feel free to look at that. That's going to be wherever you get your podcast at in the description for this episode. And then uh, you can always catch us on Twitter at Project underscore Kayfabe uh, for that. Same thing with Instagram and TikTok at Project underscore Kayfabe. And you can also find us on uh, our personal stuff. So I'm on Twitter at JoeBro316. Quade is on Twitter at It's Quade. And um, hopefully you'll check us out and you'll see something else from us next week on Wednesday. Uh, so with all that being said, thank you, everybody. And we'll catch you uh, next week. Peace out, y'all.